Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have my guy. He is the creator and host of the Raw Sex Podcast. Y'all can catch that each and every Friday out here in these podcast streets. None other than Cousin Damo, Dominique Marks. Y'all make sure y'all are following Raw Sex Podcast on Instagram, at Raw Sex Podcast, and Twitter, at Raw Sex Podcast 1 again. One of the most entertaining follows on social media, his takes will either have you laughing, crying, or a combination of the two. So make sure y'all hit my man up. Great episodes. You know, we've had some great topics on there the last couple of days. Matter of fact, for those of y'all listening, make sure y'all check out his latest episode with us and Smash from Bet the House Podcast. Very entertaining episode. I would say is one of our best yet. So make sure y'all support Raw Sex Podcast. Follow IG, Twitter, all that good stuff, man. Make sure you're tapped in. Shout out to all the fans and listeners out there, guys, continuing to support the show. Guys, we got an action-packed summer coming up this year, so make sure y'all are tuned in heading into Memorial Day. Hope to have some things to line up and announce very soon. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics of NBTC. And today, Damo, well, I wanted to make sure that I had you on here for this. And, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we had Mary J. Blige on for Share My World. Well, this was another one in particular I wanted to make sure the two of us talked about. And Mm -hmm. this was an album that during my time in college and this artist when I was in college really was a big part of the soundtrack of my college years. I mean, this was, I want to say, along with Jill Scott and along with Jay-Z, even some Ja Rule and 50 and Lil John, you could really put this into the mix of that soundtrack for my college life. So we're going to go back 20 years ago and we're going to go back to May 7th, 2002 in the second studio album, none other than music then known as music soul child. Just listen released on deaf soul records, a part of deaf jam recordings Recorded between 2001 and 2002 at the same studios. Most of them he did his debut, I Just Want to Sing. Larry Gold Studio, a touch of jazz studios. Of course, it's Jazzy Jeff's joint. Access Studios are all in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And the Blue Room in New Jersey. A runtime of 76 minutes and 21 seconds. Producers on this, of course, a lot of the producers who produced on I Just Want to Sing. The production duos of Carvin and Ivan, Dre and Vidal. You also have production contributions by James Poyser, as well as Victor Duplex, Keith Pelzer, Hakeem Young, A. Jermaine Mobley, and also some writing on here by a lot of artists that you're familiar with, including Joe Scott 
and also Eric Roberson. And we'll talk about that in just a second. So I just want to sing, Damo. This is an album, like I know around this particular time, I think you were about to go in the Navy or soon to go into the Navy. I was in school. When it comes to the soundtrack at that particular time, during that time in the 2000s, music was definitely a big part of the soundtrack for a lot of people. First thoughts and reflections. So I'll go ahead and start with you, Damo. Your thoughts on Just Listen when it first came out, what you thought about it, and ever since then, what your thoughts on it in the 20 years since it's been out? What's your word? I was ready for an, another music album. You know what I'm saying? It was it was right on time when he came with it. I think out 2002, I'm going to say, I was probably in the Navy then, or about to, thinking about, about to graduate. I think I was about to graduate. Yeah, I was about to graduate then mm-hmm. when this jump came out. And I was surprised that it was longer than I just want to listen. I thought he was going to keep it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was happy that it was longer because okay. I felt like, you know, I was like, hey, you know, back then we was used to long albums. Not like the day where they give you 10 tracks. You're like, oh, yeah. shit, all right, it's 10. Yeah. Oh, then it gave it nine songs. I, I had 11. Mm-hmm. Back then you getting 17, 15, yeah. 18, 21. You're like, all right. Now thinking about it now today, maybe they really didn't need to do 21 songs because you're giving us about eight trash jumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, yeah, I was glad it was longer and it was the same vibe. Mm-hmm. It was like a little bit more mature. Like you could see like he he been a little bit more outside yeah. on this album than compared to I Just Want to Sing. Yeah. So you can see he kind of experienced more in life. I was probably still working at the glass shop, so this joint was on heavy rotation. My cousins and them had this joint on heavy rotation back then. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that joint just came out. Yeah, throw that joint in. So it was this joint, a couple of other albums they stayed going through. But this was definitely, especially my one cousin, rest in peace, he stayed with it. This was his joint. He'd be singing this whole album on the way to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, this is, um, like I said, this was definitely a big part of the college soundtrack at Morgan State University during that time. When the first album came out, I just want to sing. Like I said, when that first single with Just Friends dropped, it was a huge smash hit. And then when he followed up with Love and the fact that he was a Philly cat and there was a lot of Philly dudes and girls at my place. And so they always rep Philly wherever they went. So mm-hmm. it was a huge hit. And then this is when the time we talked about it in a lot of our shows before this, especially that time in 2000, when Neil Soul was really starting to blow up. And so he fell right into that mold. When this joint came out, this is like sophomore year at Morgan. The year is getting ready to end as we're starting to hear buzz of a new music album come out. And then like the first single drops and that first single is half crazy. Everybody's like, oh man, this joint is wow. You know what I'm saying? Like sort of like almost in the same vein of what he was doing, like you said, on I Just Want to Sing. So mm-hmm. the album drops maybe I say a week or two weeks before the school lets out and everybody leaves. When this joint drops, it's right around finals times. So I remember being in my dorm and I lived in Rawlings Hall, which is right below the dining hall. I could hear from a lot of different rooms, both from Rawlings and next to Rawlings was the freshman girls dorm Blount. You could hear a lot of people that had their windows open because then, you know, when the weather weather got nice, people open up their windows and you could hear like all types of music coming from outside of the dorms. You heard a lot of this those last week walking around going to finals and getting those last classes in. And especially when it got during the late night, people were putting this on. You know, people was trying to get those study sessions on and they was just chilling or whatever. So by the time we were all getting ready to pack up and leave, 
I heard a good portion of this album without ever even having it, you know? So mm-hmm. I think like I heard probably out of the 17 tracks that are on here, 19 tracks that are on here. I mean, you're not including, including the interlude and also the intro. I, I think I probably heard like 12 tracks off this joint just off of that week of being just in my dorm and walking around. But this was just another joint. Again, that feeling that people had you listen to this joint and back then obviously the single what caught people's minds but then when you get into the beginning of the album you sort of hear like you know that same sort of pocket that sort of neo soul sound sort of like jazzy but then it's hip-hop and then you know it's music him and his lyrics and the one thing i always like to say about music is that and we know this. We know music isn't like a exceptional singer. He's not going to blow you out of the water with his vocals. I mean, everybody has even said recently in the shows that he's had that they've been to music shows and his vocals have fell off quite a bit. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. the one thing, even back then when he still had like, you know, his vocal powers at his full capacity and he could do it in, on some songs. But the thing what sort of gets people into music is the fact that his songs are easy and relatable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The lyrics aren't overcomplicated. You don't really, it's not really ambiguous as far as what's happening. You know exactly what the hell he's speaking about in every single one of his songs. And then they're catchy. You know what I'm saying? The, The hooks are catchy. The beats have great pocket with them. The bass lines and the melodies are all just like something that people really enjoy and sort of like can either bounce to or whether you slow dancing or you just chilling out to is something that kind of really what I think got people's into music's music so to speak but even back then i think folks man they they loved it listening to it it sort of reminded you the reason why we all fell in love with music in the first place and and his style and the type of music that he put out so for us everybody's like okay you put out one album now can you go back and can you do it again well Mm -hmm. the answer was because you know it was always in one album one album wonders and that sophomore slumps used to be real back then like really real like that sophomore more times than not, that yeah. sophomore album was you like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. And you know what's funny? A dude we both talked about, we both liked his debut album, Craig David. You know what I'm saying? He was hit oh, with yeah. that joint. He was right around mm-hmm. the same time. Dropped that first joint. That first joint was a banger, was a classic. And that second joint wasn't really hitting on nothing. You know, like but it's funny. It's yeah. funny you say like you know him being the songs being relatable. I watched an interview on him on yeah. on, on the I Just Want to Sing album. Yeah, and he talked about how. That he really, in the I Just Want to Sing album, he said he really wasn't even doing an album. He said he was just doing songs. Mm, right. He said he never knew that he would make an album where he didn't even have the context to make an album. He said he was just doing songs. And with the lyrics, he said he wanted the lyrics to be relatable because everybody was saying the same thing with like, you know, because it was that Neo Soul time. Yeah. So he was like, I, he like, that wasn't my lane. And he said, and I would be singing with them and they were singer singers, but they all sung the same thing. So yeah. he said, I wanted my stuff to be relatable. And exactly. that's how he, he said, that's how he came to where his lyrics are the way it is. Yeah. And when you hear about those singles from, I just want to sing like the just friends and mm-hmm. even songs like one, four, three and love, like, you know, that really, he, I mean, 
it's it's really like the type of words you want to hear from somebody if you're speaking about those type of topics. So it's like he's singing those. And I think be, what sort of disarms him a little bit more is the fact that we listen to him and he's got some vocal talent, but it's not like he's like a superpower. It's almost like he's like the dude next door. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the dude, you know, he can sing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? He's cool as hell. So I think that's part of the reason why, like I said, we sort of fell in love with him. The production on here, obviously, I me, mean, Carvin and Ivan, who did a great job on his first album, Dre and Vidal, James Poyser, really great work on this. I think production-wise, this surpasses what he did on the first album. Production-wise, I feel like the production on this is better in many different respects. I think there are stretches on here where production is over like they're in a groove. So it's like, okay, well, yeah, then you also get that, as you said, Damo, you get that sort of feel that he matured, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. a lot of these songs on here are a lot more mature. The topics he's speaking about really are heavy, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's one of the things I think with us kind of got us onto this. And in this joint, man, you took this on through this all the way through into the fall. And by the time that second single, Don't Change, comes out, then that's really when you're just like, man, whew, this dude, he really has come mm-hmm. a long way, man. Because that song was huge. That was like one of those songs you talk about when they had that versus with him and Anthony Hamilton. Everybody knows, yeah. you know, cornbread can sing much better than, than music. But mm-hmm. it's, it's songs like that, that people that hit people right and there. Yep. And yeah. that's what I said. That's when I said when I announced it. You know, my, my girl was like, Anthony Hamilton. I said, nah. I said, man, for real. I said, for real, we could go on. I just want to sing. He might be able to knock him out with about four or five songs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, once them jokes came, and that's how I was. Yeah. Anthony Hamilton was blowing you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah. And then I think Anthony Hamilton even felt the heat because soon as yeah. music started going to them smashes, yeah, that Anthony just... Hamilton was trying to bull hold some shit. I was like, what the hell are you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did this song with this person. Like, nigga, that joke don't match. Right. What, nah, what dog. The music just went out. You, you ain't got it, dog. You ain't got it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like that's the thing. People can't, they cannot deny the amount of hits this dude has during his career. When you start stacking like the, mm-hmm. the versus playlist up, you go just from the first, just from these first couple of joints. Then you start getting into the third album with Soul Star. Then you get into the fourth joint, which is Love and Music. And then On My Radio, like you go into all these yeah. different joints. When you start stacking the hits up, I mean, vocal talent aside, I mean, it's kind of hard, you know what I'm saying, to see yeah. that. Like, I mean, this just sort of like a re- reinforced the idea of what drew us into him in the first place is the fact that, you know, he wasn't a super singer. He was not on the level of Anthony Hamilton or some of the guys that had like major, major vocal talent. But he had enough vocal talent. And with the production and the type of songs he was singing, it's really what got us all drew into him in the first place, man. But yeah. highlights and lowlights. So we'll go to highlights and lowlights, Damo. What are your highlights and lowlights from Just Listen? Um, of course, you know, we we got caught up, mm. half crazy, time. Oh, yeah. Time was my shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Previous sir. cats. Mm-hmm. Previous cats was my shit, too. Don't change. Yeah. Yeah, man. One night. Yeah. yeah. Like, for real. It ain't really too many lowlights on this album to me, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Mother, father. Yeah. Ooh, oh, that yeah. joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. real. This, these, this album, one of them ones. Yeah, it is. It it definitely. Yeah. And, and you know, what's, what's wild, man, is that the range on this album, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's to me, I think was more pro- and impressive more than anything else. So you don't have anything in particular as far as like any songs you maybe could have done without, not necessarily low lights, but something that you could have been like, you know what? I just, 
I'll take this and throw this to the side somewhere. <laughs> he probably could have t- the remix. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 man. It's <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we in agreement there. Yeah, he could have that's like what I just said. Like we don't need seventeen songs. You could have just knocked that nineteen off and we could have mm-hmm. been cool. Yeah. 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 Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Man, so my my highlights, I think really when you get into that first half of the album, it's like, really, I Mm -hmm. think the first half of this album is incredible just by itself. Yes. Um, When you get into the, after the interlude and then you get to the whole newness and the newness Mm -hmm. sort of features Ayana and Aries who, you know, it's almost like this is a continuation of Just Friends from the first album. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we done talked about being friends. We want to hang out and chill. Now we hanging out and chilling and we starting to get to know each other. You know what I'm saying? So this is like the type of things I'm talking about. Like, yo, everybody can relate to some shit like that. It's like how things are in the beginning of a relationship and you digging that person and they digging you. You know what I mean? So just that relatability again, man, caught up, man, using that sample, man, that same (laughs) sample that Jay-Z used for Cashmere Thoughts that saved their souls by Hamilton Bohannon. And just that joint with that guitar and that sample and the fact that he sort of took that and that was sort of like a continuation from the first album of the 17 joint. You know what I'm saying? Where he was mm-hmm. talking about he met a shorty, she was 17 and he had to mm-hmm. he had to let her go because she was too young and now she done come around a few years later yeah. and she look even better now. So now he's still, he still caught up in her, you know? Um, but that <laughs> that sample though, man, whoever whoever's idea it was, if it was uh, you know, what Carvin and Ivan using that sample to flip that joint again and make come on, man. It's and and it's like almost like sort of what they did with Ellis Gone on the first joint where he took a a beat and a, or a sample something from a beat from a hip hop track mm-hmm. and then made it into an R and B song. Getting to stop playing. And then with me I love religious. And the reason why I love religious is because you got that opening sort of like you in church and like he like he like about to take you to church. Like yeah. you hear that Baptist Kajic, like, you know, there's tambourines mm-hmm. in the background, people shouting and it's like you about to. And then they just break that joint down, man. And it's just um ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But getting into baby girl, um, baby girl produced by 88 keys. Who's another producer on this. And then half crazy. is just a joint that, you know, it's almost even like, shoot that could also then be sort of like a sequel to just friends as well because it's like y'all were friends y'all took it the next step and now things have gone to the next step and things have turned out for the worse so it's like it would have been better if y'all had just stayed friends more so than anything else but that joint was a smash though man i gotta agree with you on time man that joint (laughs) man that joint let listen (laughs) let me tell you something carvin and ivan did their thing on this and music did his thing singing this song bro like you can't tell me you ain't listen to time and you ain't feel nothing you know what i'm saying that's -hmm. what i'm talking about you can't tell me you didn't listen that you didn't feel nothing i love future as well i love the message that was in future just these things again it's like a, a topic and things that make you listen to this and be like all right 
This is the reason why I like this dude. Then when you sort of get into the second half of the album, I think things are still strong. I think it's not as strong as the first half of the album, but the highlights on here, obviously the, the one night, the previous cats, which is co-written by Eric Roberson along with a Jermaine Mobley. And then you even hear Eric Roberson with doing the background vocals in this too. Cause when I listened to it, I was like, Back then, I didn't really know a whole lot about Eric Roberson, right? But then I'm listening to it, and I'm like, yo, that, that was him on this joint. Like, that's mm-hmm. cr- wow, that's crazy. Listening to Best Friend, Don't Change is one of those songs that, like, man, you talk about some songs from an artist that you'll remember for a long, long time. Don't Change is one of those songs that will have us remembering music for years and years after he's no longer recording, bro. Like, just the, the feeling of that song and the message in that song Shoot, I'm going to tell you, this is probably, this was in the final, I want to say, three or four songs that we were considering for my first dance of my wedding. You know what I'm saying? So, it's that Ooh. type of song. That whole mother-father, that sort that feel mm-hmm. that you sort of get. Like, you can see now the whole Downey Hathaway, you know, influence down on music. Like, you can hear that influence right here on mother-father. And then taking the song, like, something which is a song that was written by George Harrison and was done by the Beatles. I mean, that's crazy, right? That you take a song from the Beatles and they're able to reimagine something like this and do a song like something, you know what I'm saying? So low lights. I mean, I got to agree with you The if I would have do, uh-huh. I mean, the girl next door joint from the first joint was cool. We could have yeah. done without this joint. That joint yeah. didn't need a remix. It didn't need a remix. It didn't need a remix at all. But I mean, other than that, man, I don't really have a whole lot of low lights. I mean, I think even the ones that I think I don't listen to as much or don't like as much, I don't believe they bring the album down to the point where it's like, oh no, I gotta skip this joint. They should have just tossed this joint off of the album. But this album is long. That's the one thing I do have to say. It's long mm-hmm. because I'm sitting there listening to the album this week and I'm like, I'm listening to it, and it takes me from my ride to work to my ride back home from work and I still got songs left over that I need to finish up on the album. So mm-hmm. if there is a complaint, maybe the album's a little bit too long, but it's like, uh, I mean, it's, there's not really a drop off though. Yeah. You know, that's the thing you go back, you grab it. Like I'm, I'm still on this show. Like, yeah, Dang, this show's still good too. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was the thing. It was just like, all right, so there's no drop off. So it's like, uh, okay. And it's like really almost at the max to a point where you could have music on a CD, like 76 minutes, like, bro, that's almost at the max where you can have songs on a CD. You know, CDs can only hold about 78 minutes or so of, of music. And after that, it's like, all right, you almost in double album territory. But but nah, I, I love the production on this joint. The, the highlights on here to me, the depth of the different songs on here to have a song like newness and go from a song like newness to religion to previous cats or time and then having a song like dope change it's like you get that variety you get a little bit of slow stuff but then you got some songs that are upbeat that are some bops and it ain't no really club joints on here but music don't really make club music what he makes Mm -hmm. is music but he makes music that you can vibe to and so Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people and for a certain audience that's really more important than club music now, before we get into this verdict, we've done a, a review for I Just Want to Sing two years ago, about a year and a half ago. We've done this joint, Just Listen. Now, the third album that he came out with was Soul Star. You know, that came out the very next year. He dropped these three straight albums and also had songs that all had hits on them. So my question to you really is, 
is his three album run from I Just Want to Sing, Just Listen to Soul Star not talked about enough? <clears throat> it's not talked about enough. And it's probably not talked about enough because, like you said, he's not really known for his singing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, he can blow and he come out. Oh, you remember them three, them th- them first three albums? You know, he was... Mm-hmm. And that's probably the main reason why they not talked about mm-hmm. until you go listen to them. When you go listen to them, like, oh shit, mm-hmm. I, th- you can put all three of them on back to back to back to back, and you'd be all right. Yeah, yeah. That's or you can jive like just put them on a shuffle and, and not yes. even be m- missing apart. Like, mm-hmm. hold on, which al- which album is this one on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. You know, I do that from time to time too because I'll hear some songs like. It's like when you listen to I Just Want to Sing, you got the loves, you got the one, four, threes, you have the just, you know, the the just friends, you have those songs like that. All right. But then you get into the second joint with Half Crazy and Don't Change and Time. But then you get to the third album and then you have like, who knows? And then For the Night and For the Night is something that they still blast on 96.3 nowadays. Like they hear that all the time. That to me, I think maybe might be in the running probably for his biggest commercial hit. And because of the way that makes people feel to feel as well. But I don't think it gets talked about enough in the same vein of what you said, Damo. He's not a super Saiyan singer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. His vocals are not going to blow you away. He can he can flex a little bit, but it's not a whole lot. But what he is is. He's, I guess, as some people like to say, annoyingly consistent. So throughout yep. those three albums, what he was was annoyingly consistent. And you're not going to get, like you said, uh, super vocals, but the production on all three of them joints are consistent. The sound is consistent. And while he didn't blow you away vocally, he still kept that same relatability throughout those three albums. And you went from two platinum albums to an album that is, I think, now gold and on the verge of being platinum as well, now almost 20 years after the third one came out. So I don't think it's talked about enough either. There's a lot of singers out there that have put out albums. We talk about those three album runs. And I think another part of it as well is the fact that he kind of took some time off after this joint and didn't really come out with nothing until four years afterwards. So I think that's another thing that when you step away from the scene, sort of disappear from the surface and then you resurface again. Loving music is okay. I don't think it's on the level of the other three. All my radio is okay as well. But I think that the albums after the that those three album runs aren't to the same level as the other joints. And I think that's when I guess we sort of forget about him in a certain respect. When we talk about during this particular time from 2000 to 03, he was about as hot as any other singer out there as far as his consistency was concerned. And he showed you in that verses that, you know, once you get past his singing, he got the smashes. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's what I told my girl. I said, I said, it's going to be cool. Them first 10, Anthony Hamilton going, oh, no, you forget. I said, nah, once we get past them first 10, he's he going to take them to the deep end. It's a rap. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and once, this, once he started going, pulling them hits out, it was a rap. I was in there. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This it. It's over with. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now the thing is that what people got to understand is that Anthony, while he has some hits, he only has like maybe mm, about about 10 that we can all talk about, like 10 that we know that he came out with, not him mm-hmm. featuring on with somebody else. Mm-hmm. We have like 10 that we could pull from from those first couple of albums that we like, OK, this is Anthony's song and that's what he's known for. Music, you probably got 10 joints from the first two albums and then you throw the third joint in there and then the other two after that. Then yeah, like you said, you bring him into the deep end. He can't stay up. You know what I'm saying? He can't yeah. swim. So, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like you said, he showed us that he has the hits and the staying power is what 
is incredible for somebody, obviously, who probably isn't known among as one of the best singers out there, but he definitely has staying power because I think it was more than just the sits. It was it was his personality, the production mm-hmm. and everything sort of the mm-hmm. movement of Neo Soul sort of helped to push him to the forefront as well. And that might be the other thing where the movement job like fell off to where when them album the last albums come out, we yeah. really wasn't on Neo Soul no more. Yeah. yeah. Like it had his it had his run and then that was it. And then when he came back with the music, it's like it ain't the same energy everybody on no more. Right, yeah, because then you have that last album, Soul Star, comes out at the end of 2003. By the time we get into 04, 05, 06, things are starting to move a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, Jill is not putting out music really at that mm-hmm. time as well. By the time they all emerged on the other side of that, by the time we got to 2007 when he came out with Love and Music, Things were a little bit different because we weren't really on Neo Soul like that no more. You're right. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. So I think that adds into it as well. By the time Neo Soul commercially, should I say, fell off, that's probably the reason why we don't regard that three-album run as we do some other ones out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Final verdict. So, Damo, we've talked about it. What is your final verdict for Just Listen by Music? Is it a certified classic, borderline classic, classic just in this time, or not a classic at all? And a rating, of course, 7 to 10. What say you? I'm gonna go certified classic. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nine for ten. I'm not gonna give it ten for ten because it's not. Mm, yeah, it's like a nine and a half. Yeah. Nine point five mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna give it because it's still it's still hit to this day and still get the same vibe, same and and I and I can still say I probably listened to this album within the last two years. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a regular like oh shit. I think I'm like oh shit. Oh, have a listen. Let me throw this joint on, even without the CDK. So it's like <laughs> you know those the ones. Yeah, those the ones. I'm gonna say certified classic as well. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten as well. Uh, to me, like I said, the consistency on here is great. I would say that there are songs, a majority of them, we're rating them from like one to ten. There's a lot of songs on here that are in that eight, nine area, and then a couple of songs you got in the ten area. You have a few songs that they drop down, they're only dropping down maybe to about a seven at that. You know what I'm saying? So it's not mm-hmm. even like you have like a huge drop off as far as like the quality of the songs that you have. You got a lot of eight and nines, a couple of tens, but then the ones that aren't as strong are just dropping down maybe to about a seven or so. That consistency is what you're looking for when you talk about a classic album. So yep. um, definitely an album that when I turned it on this week just to get a refresher for it, I was sort of transported right back to Morgan State and I was transported back to what those times felt like and that's what classic music does. It takes you back to the time when you first heard the album and you get those good feelings and vibes back again so that's what i had with this so music just listen make sure y'all go check it out turn 20 years old this past week make sure y'all listen to it check it out read some of the articles that are related to it as well and make sure y'all go pick up that vinyl if it's available as well and uh, let us know what you think about it hit us on social media let us know what you think about the album what you thought about the review and that is going to wrap it up for another edition of the vault Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on the Red Circle. You can also visit us on our website, vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there and check out the episodes. Leave us a review and a voice note, the blue microphone in the right-hand corner. In the left-hand corner, the bottom left-hand corner, you can get to our Buy Me a Coffee page where you can support the page monetarily by leaving a small donation to make sure that we can continue to open the vault for years to come. 
Also, make sure you're checking us out on social media at Vault Classic Pod on Instagram, at Vault Classic on Twitter, and on Facebook and YouTube. You can check us out at the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. Like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. If you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.